down in front. Oliver, <gasps> Oliver, I love you. I love yeah. I love you. Right, cheers, Ollie. Oh, that's just giving me goosebumps. Look, Pamela. Oh, no. Welcome back to Old Fogies and Films. Each episode, the members of this panel take turns assigning a film to watch and discuss. Summering at the manch are... Kia. Eric. Fahad. Ruth. And me, Shelley. This round, I had the fogies watch Saltburn. And Saltburn is a movie that follows the story of a, uh, put air quotes around the word, disadvantaged uh, Oxford <laughs> student who is befriended by a very, very wealthy Oxford student whose name is Felix. Felix offers for Oliver to come spend the summer with him at his estate, Saltburn, when he finds out that Oliver's father has, and I guess you can put air quotes around this, uh, dies, has died. (laughs) And then uh, once Oliver is at this um, estate with him, a series of very unfortunate events happen <laughs> lemony snicket <laughs> yeah so i'm super excited to hear what you all have to think about this so i'm gonna have you all go first and then i will again interrupt each one of you or interject my thoughts and then i will follow up with any uh, anything that y'all have missed that i was thinking that's right it's an interjection not an not an interruption that's right <laughs> Are there air so, quotes around um, these words? <laughs> yes. There's like air, air quote kind of nice. Quotes around a lot of stuff. In this so <laughs> I am going to call on my fellow fogey Fahad oh, to I go am, first. I am, Alliteration. Yeah, I am first in air quotes. I, I'm just going to use air quotes all night now. Um, <laughs> so this uh, air quote movie. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> it was actually <laughs> <laughs> so. I really enjoyed this movie a lot, actually. Um, I I mean, I'd heard all these great things about it, so I, I felt like it better live up to whatever I'm hearing and, like, the controversies I'm hearing about. And I think, it, for the most part, it did. Um, I know, Eric, you and I were chatting about it yesterday, and I, it was getting pretty late, and I was like, oh, I need to watch the movie. I'll probably start watching it and then finish it the next day. And Eric, I think you even said, oh, you might start it, but you might not want to finish it. So I ended up watching it all in one sitting. I mean, Um, I said, uh, yeah, you might not want to stop in the middle of it. (laughs) Yeah. I I will say um, towards the end, I was like, okay, when is it going to end? Like, I felt like it did stretch a little bit just at the very end, but it wasn't like that throughout the whole movie. Um, I, I enjoyed that the movie did not take itself too seriously that it really jumped into kind of I mean it was a serious movie but it was kind of a satire in a way also on this the the lives of these lavish people living in these huge mansion and estates and the eccentricities of these families and it, it, it kind of 
made fun of that in a way as well. Um, so I, I enjoyed that. Like Richard E. Grant's character, when I heard that he was in the movie, I was like, oh, he's going to be probably this horrible father and like evil man, all this stuff. And he turned out to be the exact opposite. Yeah. Like this guy that's just completely delusional. Like he, he and then, the, but then you question like, is he delusional or is he choosing to live in these delusions? Cause he doesn't want to be faced with real life. Like you could tell like at the end, spoiler alert, when Felix dies, um, well, I guess that's not the end because more people die after that. But uh, <laughs> Felix dies, you know, he's like, oh, he's just cold. We need to bring him in. And, you know, they're trying to act like it's everything's fine. And he's telling him to close the curtains and all. But he's getting more and more angry that the curtains aren't getting closed, which means he obviously knows his son is dead. His son died. But he wants to live in this delusional world of like everything is fine. He didn't die kind of a thing. Um, but anyway, so it just goes to it's it, it's. Part serious, part satire. So I enjoyed that. Um, I just enjoyed the absurdity of the family. And <laughs> one of my favorite parts was actually when they were just casually talking about the birthday party and planning for Oliver's birthday. And um, Rosamund Pike's character, Elspeth, says, oh, no, I think. Oliver asks, is Pamela coming or something? Yeah. We have to go. We're going to London or something for Pamela's funeral. Pamela died. And it was <laughs> it was just like the most random thing. It's like, wait, Pamela was just alive like 10 minutes ago. <laughs> and she died. And then they basically said, oh, she just, she's, what is it? Like, she loves to be dramatic or something like that. Yeah. Like, anything to be dramatic or something. Do like she'll do anything for attention. Yeah. yeah. That's right. That's right. That's, That's right. one of my favorite points mark parts too because it was honestly shocking they're like they didn't even tell anyone that pamela was dead they're just like we're going to her funeral like oh yeah she's dead yeah. Like, oh, and it's just a normal thing in our lives like oh yeah she's dead and like, barry, uh, barry's reaction was perfect it's like he honestly was shocked like she's dead <laughs> yeah yeah um so i mean and it kind of made you feel like um oliver is the only like normal not quote unquote <laughs> air quotes around the word normal person at least for the most part until you start seeing like him do these like little things so then you kind of know something is off something's not right how much of this is he orchestrating and then they finally reveal it all like you know this is what he orchestrated but um i think the story itself was really cool i liked i liked um the the <laughs> i liked that almost pretty much everybody died and Oliver won at the end. Like yeah. <laughs> he's a terrible <laughs> he's person. If you look at he it, is. look at what he did. He destroyed this family. Um, he did. He destroyed. He killed the son. He, he killed the daughter. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. The, the, the listeners and the mom eventually face like is he isn't he because um I don't know that he's a terrible person. He, did he killed. Him. He killed people. That is a terrible person. Yes. The oh, other circumstances, like I, I understand. Oh, he's the master manipulator. Like he is a master every manipulator. situation. Um, you know, like obviously lying That's about him and his dad, and uh, <laughs> although I would, I too though would have been, I do feel like Felix stepped a bit out of line, forcing him to confront his family, like taking him and taking him to that. I was like, I'll go. I know he was trying to be nice, but I was like, if if Oliver was telling the truth, you're putting him in a really horrible situation that he yeah. Doesn't and it's not nice i mean it turned out that oliver was completely lying his parents seem amazing and like well yeah. i could not watch that scene i had to turn it off at that minute i felt so uncomfortable so cringe oh my gosh when he was just his mother was talking about his sisters and 
every lie that he told was just yeah. out there. Um, it felt so uncomfortable. Can I say also, and I think we talked about it maybe in the last uh, podcast we did, but Eric, it had one of those moments. They had this huge uncomfortable thing happen where his lies were all exposed. They then had a long drive all the way back to Saltburn. But it wasn't until they get to Saltburn where Oliver's like, Felix, talk to me. Let, we need to talk about this. I'm like, why didn't you say that at all on the whole like five-hour drive you just had? I, I, I'm I willing to believe, though, that that car ride home just was very silent. silent. I, I'm willing to believe that's possible because uh, I think Felix was pretty pissed. and uh, Yeah, but he waited till they got home to confront him. Just confront him while you're driving. He might have been. We, but it seems silly. Anyway, uh, <laughs> I'm sure I'll have a lot more to say, but overall, I really did enjoy it. I like the darkness, the dark comedy, the satire, the the seriousness of some other parts of it um, overall. And it had some great actors in it. I mean, I already um, mentioned a few, but uh, I mean, Carrie Mulligan as Pamela was crazy. Um, you know, I, if you've seen Promising Young Woman, it was kind of interesting to to see her play like this kind of random role that wasn't like the main focus, but. And you it know, it's the same director writer, right? Oh, I did not know that. So that makes more sense. Uh, this is her second, um, second feature film. Promising Young Woman was her first, Emerald Fennel. And so I think she brought Craig Mulligan as sort of like a, I've just got this little part and I loved working with you. You should do it. And I was like, that's kind of nice. <laughs> but so it is did you... such a, res you know, respected actress, but she has this tiny part. <laughs> and, did um did you like the end i thought the ending was absolutely perfect and the actor who played oliver <laughs> <laughs> how brave was he man that whole scene right to, to dance be, oh my god yeah, to, show his, imagine? To, to show his uh in air quotes dance moves <laughs> oh my god! I, was good I moves, just can't actually. even imagine. I thought they were pretty good moves. Like, they were oh, actually pretty good dance moves. <laughs> He's getting like, dramatic with it, but I thought you know you could say it's brave to do the whole thing naked, but you know if I were hung like Barry killed, <laughs> I would I would it would not be bravery. It would be showing off. <laughs> I don't know. I, I I would feel it's a bit awkward though, like you know being there with all these people, the film crew, yes, watching you, watching oh, you, and yeah. And, and they had to do it in one take, right? Because it's like a yeah. shot all the way through of him dancing. So if he messed up, he'd have to do it again. So I'm wondering, like, oh. how many days did he have to I would get that do? scene down perfectly. But there's <laughs> no way I would do that more than once. <laughs> but anyhow, Shelly. So I really enjoyed it. I thought it was a good movie. Um, I can see why people reacted the way they did to it. Although, sorry, going back to um, the infamous bathtub scene. I honestly thought it was going to be a lot worse than what it actually yeah, was. Yeah, I did too. Me too. I did too. Like, I thought that the graveyard scene was a lot worse than the bathtub scene. Yeah. <laughs> and yeah. the May scene, well, the, or the bench scene, those are just, those are just as bad as the, as the graveyard. Oh, uh, where, where he, with he, where he's with the sister. Yeah, and all, the, the blood <laughs> and all of that stuff. Yeah, all that was way worse than the bathtub. I mean, yeah. The bathtub was disturbing but not that was compared to <laughs> yeah exactly i don't know why everybody wants to stay in the bathtub the bathtub the bathtub where uh the i should have been the bench the bench the bench anyway. i think it should have been the grave the grave i mean who has sex grave, yeah the grave no. <laughs> no. Yeah, that was bad yeah <laughs> i was thinking is that because obviously she was having her time of the month and he got yeah. her to 
oh, that was gross. Got her to. Some people are into that. But uh, that, yeah. was that another way to foreshadow that because he's sucking the life out of people that he's like a vampire? I oh, guess? it's interesting, Ruth. Yes, Ruth, actually. Yeah. True. Very yeah. good uh, observation there. And the blood also mimics then because he gets into the bathtub or the water and you see the blood from his mouth and everything. And yeah. later you see her in a bathtub full of her blood. Oh, yeah. 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 Foreshadowing. But yeah, Ruth, you could cool. say that he, um, that the bathtub, the bathtub scene where he sucks up the water uh, combined is mirrored with the scene with her outside because in both, he, in both instances, he's, um, He's putting part of them in his mouth. He's like swallowing their essence, basically. Yeah. Because her menstruation is you're getting rid of eggs, right? Mm -hmm. And the sperm was in the bathtub. So he's got like both parts of him and he's yeah. actually uh, yeah. so it's like it's a strange vampirism kind yeah. of thing. Interesting. Yeah. For sure. All so right. Yeah, Shelly, I enjoyed it. So back to you. Thank you, Fahad. And I'm going to call on Ruth. All right, my turn. Okay, so um, I thought it I thought it was good. I just sometimes get nervous with the the sociopath kind of thing. I uh, loved how he he started off. Was the first guy that was that his roommate the one that was having issues? His only friend. Are you was that his about only the... friend, or were they, were they roommates though? Like Are you talking about the math nerd. Yeah, the blonde-haired kid. Yeah, I yeah don't... they just were in the same school, but they weren't roommates. He, I think, he had his own room. Yeah. Oh, okay. So he was um, the only guy that talked to him. Yeah. Yeah. So <laughs> I guess he didn't even say they were friends. He, he just literally was the only one to talk to. Yeah. Him. Yeah. Well, that <laughs> that other guy definitely had some issues. I thought it was funny when they were eating dinner, and he <laughs> didn't he say like, "Ask me a math problem." No, ask me a math problem. Like, he was <laughs> oh, yeah. That's he loves funny. his math skills. <laughs> That's funny. So he did very, I thought he did a great job to kind of show off what he was trying to portray to be, um, I don't even want to just say sneaky, but like manipulative and everything to show, you know, he seems like just this guy who's very shy, very, very shy and has a really horrible, hard life. And um, just the way he's trying to, do that and then later on you get to see kind of how his character what his personality what person he really is to kind of unravel unravel that and all that kind of thing um but i wanted to think one of the funniest things i'm just thinking about this because i was like oh i have to totally mention this was when they had their birthday party and they were doing karaoke was it um the man was his name vicar or something like that um that he sang the karaoke and his wife was really embarrassed <laughs> i thought that was like the most hilarious thing ever <laughs> she hated him <laughs> yeah she did i i'm picturing uh mary lamb from the holdovers looking at her face and saying i recognize hatred when i see it that church yeah. isn't lasting <laughs> oh yeah because they have to do like i guess if it's like a fancy thing when you're sitting at a table you have to do a quote-unquote turn where you have to turn to the, some side of the... Turn to your right. Oh, yeah. yeah. You talk to the person on your left first, or... Or she was what just... What did just... she say? I'm on your left, or... I forget. 
But I, but but that person's on your right. You're on their left. So I know it doesn't, <laughs> doesn't, doesn't make any sense. But that lady, oh my god, the way she was like, "How many children do you have? Two. Oh wait, no, three. <laughs> I know. Yeah. Yeah. She's awful. like, I hate him. <laughs> when they're at dinner, <laughs> it was she's an awkward horrible. conversation. Then she's like, I don't want to talk Daphne. to him. <laughs> yeah, Lady Daphne. Lady Daphne. <laughs> Lady Daphne. Um, so like Oliver, like I I like how you could kind of tell too where I guess I think he was kind of an equal opportunity employer with everyone. <laughs> I guess just like to <laughs> I think <laughs> I think he was just a manipulator. Yeah. Like he used his it to his advantage. He did. But um I think he really did I guess however in a sociopath way that he hated Felix, but he, I think he also loved him too. In I a way. I agree. I, I think he truly did. Yeah. I think he yeah. Or he wanted he wanted to be him. I mean, up until killing them, he didn't really do anything bad to them. No, just lied. Other than lying. Lied. He lied to make the situation so he became their his friend, but in terms of like harming or doing anything like literally bad, nothing really. Um, yeah, he and, spied and on him. And in truth, the only person we actually know he killed was Felix. Yeah. And, uh, and Elspeth. Elspeth. He pulled up. I, I guess that's true. I, ventilator they just didn't tell us how she got sick or anything. But now, guess, so did he only put the razor blades razors on her, on her back? He killed herself? Or are we, is that what we're supposed to assume? Or that he did it? I assume that he put it out there for her, for her to do it, like encourage because she was in yeah. such a depressive state, or he enabled yeah. it. Okay, yeah, so he knew what would happen. So, or what he hopes, and he is lied it... about the bowl barley. I mean, it, that's not killing him. Yeah, but no, but he got but him. Barley deserved it. Yes, oh, Farley was, was awful. Ass. I didn't like Farley at all. He deserved everything that happened. Oh and, yeah, he was. And so, he was taking advantage so... of the family anyway, so he just yeah. kind of sped up the process of getting him out. Yeah. Was he was a cousin of the family or something like that? He was their cousin. Yeah. Yeah. Cousin. Her, his, the Elspeth sister's son. Hmm. Is it? I thought it was I the father's it, sister. For some reason, I thought it was Elspeth, but maybe you're right. Father's sister? Oh. Her son. Her son is her father. It's oh. their nephew. Yeah. Okay. One of theirs' nephew. Hmm. Yeah. It was like, I thought it was good. It was like a kind of a little bit um, slow for me, but that's just me. Um, but I think it was good just in the sense of like how it got to, it was good to where it kind of, you come along with the story. So you kind of, it builds up to where you know more of what's going on. But um, I wanted to know too, like, is it Oliver with his parents were obviously great. Um, is it just because he was like crazy with just why he was saying horrible things about his parents so Felix would like um have his back or is he just delusional in that respect too? No, no, I think he knew he was lying. I think he yeah. was just a manipulator. Yeah, it was to make Felix to make Felix feel bad for him and take him under his wing. Yeah. Well but, I, I mean if you remember that scene, um I mean, Oliver had a point. I mean, we can say that Oliver's horrible because of the things he did, but I think all of these people were horrible in their own ways because there's a scene where they're drinking in the pub 
And it's the scene where Oliver first comes up with the lie about um, his father being an addict and his mother's a drunk and his father deals and all that stuff. And you can see the way Felix reacts. He gets very excited. He's like, was it horrible? Tell me it was horrible. It was yeah. really, really horrible, right? He's like, he's exactly his mother's son. The way his and mother- I was just like, gonna say him. that. She did that too. Yeah. His mother does that with Pamela and she's probably done it with other people. Yeah. They love, they feel better about themselves by condescending to somebody who's disadvantaged or doesn't have things very well so that they can lord things over them and feel like, oh, I'm a sympathetic person, but- A savior, they're a savior. Yes, yeah, but it's yeah. like not, it's not honest. And Oliver knew that, you know, that would speak to him that he was, he, he can already say he's disadvantaged because he's just middle-class, but he's going to Oxford and he doesn't have the right clothes or the right, you know, background like everyone else, yeah. but that wouldn't be enough. That's not, that's not grimy enough. So he has to tell this story to make it even worse. So that, so that Felix is like, Oh, you poor, poor thing. Yeah. He's like, Oh, that other kid is like, Oh, you're on scholarship. Right. Or something like that. <laughs> yeah. yeah. That, and that girl, she said something similar. Well, I can't sit next. Nobody will sit next to him. I mean, what will they possibly say? He's a scholarship boy. Yeah. So they weren't good. I mean, they weren't murderers, but they weren't I'm good. Gonna say, but they, they didn't kill anybody. <laughs> they didn't kill anybody, but they weren't very nice people. <laughs> um, they were elitist class. Class. This. Class. Class. Yeah. <laughs> But yeah, I guess those are some of the thoughts. I'm sure I'll think of more things, but um, I do wish, yeah, I mean, that makes sense. Sometimes, I guess more, I guess we did pretty good with backstories this time, too. So sometimes I'm thinking, well, you know, but we did pretty good for sure. But It's funny because it was not in my head at all last night or today until we started talking about this movie. But now I can't get murder on the dance floor out of my head. Yeah. Uh, oh, yeah. <laughs> I was speaking of the like well then we automatically think of the party like they had like Which a party the birthday the party birthday party the midsummer night dream themed yeah, one or the karaoke was, party but then he was wearing the like horns or yeah. <laughs> yeah that's true that is another good foreshadow that he's the devil um yeah <laughs> Eric's like, stop ragging on him. Hello, <laughs> he killed people. Well, um, it's also it's also not him being the devil. Like, there's I know, more, I know, there's more to um, that. But yeah. uh, speaking of his birthday party, I just knew that when they were singing "Happy Birthday," they were gonna not know his oh name. Oh my god, it was <laughs> awful. <laughs> oh, so, yeah, yeah, yeah. Poor yeah, guys, yeah. the guests of honor, they're like, "Happy birthday!" Um, and I, like, I, know, <laughs> I guess that's oh, that guy. terrible. Yeah. <laughs> they're happy to be partaying alrighty well thank you Ruth and next I'm going to call on Takia hi yes I of course Cam comes in right now Cam can I go watch a movie sorry go close okay. door you can go put salt burn on for him huh. yeah <laughs> not quite I, yeah, I like this movie it was it started out like slightly slow but not definitely not slow in like in the sense of like oh no like it's as things built up got really very more and more interesting more and more interesting um yeah i love the where you think he's a victim oliver's a victim and he's the psychopath like big time and he went from yeah this it, it's 
interesting how he, he concocted this whole thing from start to finish and he ended up with all the the yeah the assets and the mansion and all all this stuff if it, it was a kind of i felt like a very knives out feel this movie kind of a that black uh that that i was like comedy we call it dark comedy i was a dark comedy yeah but like definitely not the comic sense of where like it's cheesy <laughs> i did a lot like you know horror comedy and comedy mixed in with things but this had like uh black very really dark dark humor but it was perfect yeah it's good um i thought the characters were really good i mean it's funny. it's interesting with this the his look was got me his uh Oliver's look, he looked between a hot guy and an old man. It was weird. He went between. <laughs> you guys had trouble with his look a little bit, or am I just ridiculous? Being ridiculous here. I don't know. I think they did a good job. Of, I was going to say, I think they did a good job making him look younger when, you know, the movie was starting. And then later on, like when it was present day, like he did look like he had gotten older. Like they did something that just. And it was subtle. It was like, it was like, is it just his hair? Like they just gave yeah. him his haircut? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> He's definitely yeah. young. He's a young guy. He's thirty-one. I, I looked him up, and I never heard of this guy before. I never seen that man before in my life. And it's funny. I keep on thinking, boy, but he's like Marvel movies. Up. He's in one of the Marvel movies. Oh. Okay, see, I'm not a Marvel person, <laughs> uh, so that's why I was like, "Who's this guy?" But um, I liked his I, his haircut better when he was older, or however he did the little yeah thingy with his bangs. Or <laughs> well, I loved him as an actor. I hope this puts him on a map even more. He was just yeah, just the ultimate psychopath. And I actually liked yeah. the dance at the end with the um i'm sorry what where uh, he, he was actually he was pretty well known already for like independent stuff i mean he, he uh oh. there was a movie last year called um uh, oh god what was it it was nominated for stuff and he was in that i can't remember the name right I now think i read something about that but i didn't know what the movie was i think about that and even though he wasn't um uh, even though the marvel movie he was in wasn't one of the most beloved marvel movies the eternal <laughs> He, for a lot of people, he was like one of their favorite characters in it. Yeah, okay. he, he was hard for that because he was well known. He got uh, originally famous, I think, put on the map for a movie that you've probably heard of, and I'm surprised you haven't seen it, Takia. But the killing of a sacred deer. Oh, I've heard. Oh, that's the name. Hey, of it, don't say too much about it. I've you guys seen that it. movie. Oh. I have not. I have not seen that movie. I've seen but, it. So wait, but I know it was a big deal, and he was a main main character in there. So um, he got okay. a lot of attention for his skill, and he had done a lot of work since then. But but he definitely, this movie, um, I think, broke him open a little bit wider. He was talking about, I heard an interview, he was talking about how he, most of his life, he's felt like everyone just looked at him like the weird little freak. And the fact that people are oh. reacting to not just Jacob Elordi being hot in this movie, but they're reacting to Barry Keoghan being hot and being naked and being sexy. Uh, I think it's changed his life a little bit because if you've noticed now, he's doing a lot of, he just did a... a an ad campaign for Bumble where he's just in his underwear on a couch and it's really Ooh. hot. He just did a, a photo spread for some magazine where he's in wow. a tub and he's wearing some really sexy stuff. And it's he's really like living his best like hot life right now. Like I said, it went he went between hot and like old old man. It, it was but at the end. No, I agree with you, Eric. At the end, yeah, I some saw people the find that hot as well. So yeah, older <laughs> or younger than your husband. <clears throat> yeah. Oh, oh. <laughs> well, when he doesn't, he doesn't color his hair older. Well, old, but about the same as as Homer. When he doesn't color, Homer doesn't color his hair. 
So we do, we does color his, okay, yeah, we does color his hair. Um, yeah, at the end, I saw his kind of youthful hotness that worked, everything. Um, interesting, we guys remember the uh, House of the Usher where they, he, where Verna put the rocks in the grave. That's what that reminded me of. We had those rocks. That was eerie. Wow. Oh, yeah. Hmm. Yeah, remember that? No rocks? No. Dude. Yeah, the rocks. They, they, uh, I remember the rocks, Takia. Oh, wait a minute. I'm sorry. It wasn't all rock, so it was one rock and it's no, other. It, was, it wasn't rock. It was like the bricks, right? Yes, yes. So she did it. She did a, the, the same freaking thing, and then he did it. I was like, "Whoa, what a nod to that!" That without intent, uh, unintentional nod. Yeah. Um, I love the what we call it, the things that were pulled in this movie that kind of shock you. Um, I like when movies do weird stuff that, like you know, crazy things. Like he's looking the semen off the bathtub and all the other stuff um that you know just i like when things are done different in a movie i've never seen that anyone do that before in a movie ever so it's disturbing it's weird but also makes the movie more like well what's up with this guy and then he, that's where you kind of start seeing is he such a victim is he a, a little nerdy victimized boy you know victimized that when he lost his parents he's quiet and shy or is he something else is wrong with him what is going on so you, that moment you kind of start to see things you know your wheels are turning your head like hmm i'm, I'm thinking this this dude's got some serious <laughs> psychopathic stuff going on in here and then he yeah you see what happens in the end so i like i like everything about it um i mentioned glass onion and knives out did you guys think about those movies but not really but like in the kind of the genre of that black comedy black I, black humor i didn't think of them while watching this movie i guess the only thing I can think of in terms of comparison is just mansions. Like, the, I mean, not even mansions. These were like estate castles almost. Maybe. Okay. Like, yeah. Like, Saltburn yeah. was ridiculously large. Yeah. Like, almost, huge. almost like yeah. absurdly. Like, that's a house. Well, yeah. Me, I, I see what you're saying now. I didn't think of them at the time, but I see some similarities in style. But I mean, especially the first movie, the, the, all of the family intrigue, they've all, yes, that's what I was getting at. They all have feelings about, you know, who's better or worse in the family. Yes. Yeah. Politics, yeah. yeah. So quick question, though, for everybody. For Saltburn itself, did it feel like, is it that the family, are they still as rich as they're supposed? I guess they are because they threw those lavish parties. But I felt like Saltburn might be, like, not run down, but, like, when the doors open and Oliver walks in and it kind of, like, the camera goes up towards the chandeliers. Did anybody notice like the fly glue, the glue traps just hanging from the chandeliers with flies all over them? Did not. Mm -mm. No, okay. I didn't see that. Yeah, but the I was, chandelier I had a fly think... glue trap. And I'm like, is this supposed to insinuate like it's a little bit run down and they're just kind of living on fumes, but they're not because they had the last parties. I think it's just oh, about it the fact that Scar has started and yeah, flies maybe. must be a big... Actually, there's flies buzzing around him when he's walking around the grounds at one point, too. And I remember thinking, oh, it, it kind of makes you realize how hot it is, just how hot it's going to get. Yeah. But oh. um, maybe it's also because... Uh, do you remember when they're in Oxford, um, Felix makes a comment about how hot it is in his room. And he's like, they don't want to... Oh. They don't want to have air conditioning because they want to protect these old this old wood paneling and that that's the reason they won't do it is like i oh, wonder if yeah. it's probably similar where you you just can't have some of the modern conveniences because it would affect the palatial you know the, the historical his, estate that's why it's so dark but, you can only have minimal like lights and stuff on and 
it's like it to show, cool. like to show they have old money, I guess. Yeah, and it's an old, old, old. Then like still original, because I remember we talk about old buildings in like England. They're old, like old, old buildings yeah. in America aren't really yeah, yeah. old compared to old buildings in England. Yeah. Um, but also, is it a prerequisite for all butlers to just be rude to guests? <laughs> yeah. Oh my god! It's like look at everyone like an interloper. Yeah, doing? I mean, Oliver was literally just standing in the library or whatever that room was with all the Shakespeare books, like playing around with that one game. He's like, "Can I help you?" And it's like, "No, you can't." He's just. <laughs> I wondered about that. I was like, "Is he not allowed to be there?" Yeah, but I also feel like um, I feel like the second he entered the home, Duncan didn't trust him. No. but couldn't figure yeah. out why so i feel like duncan was always like watching him and following him just because he i don't know why but i guess duncan was the only smart one in the family <laughs> i felt yeah. i thought it was so uncomfortable can you imagine how uncomfortable it would be to like have breakfast and when he didn't know what to say when when i guess you were supposed to order he's like i'll have a full english breakfast please and everyone <laughs> just sort of looked at him oh yeah but it would just be so so weird that's just so different and then and then the misstep because then he said i'd like a fried egg i like it over easy which means runny yeah. and then the eggs come out runny and he's like oh i can't have runny it makes me sick oh. and i was like yeah, poor no. guy like but then i'm like but wait you weren't raised the way you told everybody you were raised yeah. like, you don't know what over easy means your family looks like the kind of family that knows how to cook eggs yeah. Yeah. his mother spent all morning on lunch um, yeah she's probably a cook <laughs> and another uncomfortable eating scene was after Felix had died and they were all sitting and eating dinner and the, they four of, and who, who was it Farley wanted to get up and leave and they're yeah. like no sit and eat eat your pie oh that it was that was sad that was you sad. had to dress up for dinner every night that's another thing oh my gosh and not just dress up but it was like full oh, um, I just wanted a black tie yeah yeah, black tie. I just want to know, like, if you're a if you're a woman, is it okay to repeat outfits? Or <laughs> oh gosh, uh, yeah. I, don't know. I would. <laughs> she had a lot of quirks, right? She wouldn't allow stubble or beards. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. I yeah, love the, the way that yeah, we that. first. I love the way we first meet her, where she's like, "Ever since I was a child, I just have this aversion to ugliness." Felix <laughs> <And it> <laughs> yeah. is like, "You're yeah. a bad person." I was like, "Yeah, I think that's what that is." Like she's, she's talking about it, like it's some like psychological issue yeah yeah she wouldn't allow him to have that ear ring in his eye it's like i'm just saying yeah. she seemed like way more like progressive but not really i don't know it was weird oh I, I can't stand a ring and no stubble and this and that it's interesting her rule crazy rules she had yeah anyway yeah, yeah. yeah. her her disadvantaged friend pamela is covered in tattoos yeah anyway well, both um, her children had tattoos did you notice they had matching tattoos oh i noticed that Venetia oh, and Felix had matching star tattoos on their hands. Huh. Oh, so huh. <laughs> um, overall, yeah, I, very good movie. I like. I, I love the. Um, oh, I had a good word for it. Would not quirky, but um, it's not what I'm looking for. It, it it was good. Yeah. Did Did you all oh. notice the actor that was in this movie that was also in Spice World? Yes, because <laughs> Spice World had good caliber of actors in it. <laughs> yeah, the, sure. who who Richard E. Grant, who played Felix's father, was the oh, manager okay. of the Spice Girls in Spice World. Oh, okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, I thought he looked familiar. Yeah, yeah I thought he did. God, too. you guys are so much better at that than me. I'm just like, oh, that person looks familiar. <laughs> you all know everything. 
Yeah. All right. Well, thank you to Kia. And absolutely last but not least, my final fogey is Eric. <laughs> thank you, Shelly. Thank you. Um, so um, I told you guys I had already watched this. I watched it six weeks ago, but I watched it again tonight just now before getting on the call. And I still love it. I just am like obsessed with this movie. Every single second of it, I love. It does seem to run a little long, um, especially when you already know what's gonna come. I was like, let's just yeah. get to these parts. But um, but every single scene I'm in love with, the, the way it's shot, like the composition of every scene, the colors, the, the lighting, it's all so gorgeous to me. Uh, the settings are so, there's so many details in every shot. It's absolutely beautiful. Uh, so I still enjoyed it. I, I don't think I'm going to give it, I, I thought at the time I saw it the first time that maybe I would jump it up on my rating on a second watch, but I don't think I'm going to, but you'll find out why I don't need to later. <laughs> mm -hmm. Uh, so based on some of the things that you guys have talked about, um, I do think that he was in love with Felix. That's like the big question of the movie because they start with that question and they end with that question. I do think he was in love with him. I think that. I think it was a very complicated feeling though that he had. Part of it was I want to I want to be him, but another part was cuz every time he he talked about was I in love with him, they would start doing those flashback images and it was always very sexy, very attractive images of of Jacob Elordi, uh including, you know, like just close-ups of like sweat dripping on his skin and stuff. It was like he absolutely was in love with him and and I mean, if you don't if if that doesn't prove it to you, then the the graveyard sex scene <laughs> Yeah, absolutely. It's not something you would do unless you were crazy, genuinely upset that he had died and was very much in love with him. And why did he kill him? You think? I think what happened was I, no I, way I thought about back. this on the first watch and, and my thoughts have started to solidify now on the second watch. But I asked myself the question, even on the first watch, did he really plan this the whole time? Like, what was his goal? And I think what was actually the case was he was not he was not planning to do this to them in the beginning. I think what he wanted was there was an opportunity. I think he wanted to be a part of this world. He didn't come from this world, but he wanted to be a part of it. And he saw Felix as an opportunity to do that. So if he had to lie to make sure he kept him around, then that was fine. And I think what he had hoped to do was when he got to Saltburn, that he would ingratiate himself and sort of insinuate himself that they would all find him indispensable, that especially Felix, as like the glue of the family and obviously a leader in the family, would become even more devoted to Oliver and that this would be just a regular part of his life for the rest of his life. So I think that when, you know, so that's why I think he did certain things to ingratiate himself with other members of the family. The way he talks to uh, the mother Rosamund Pike's character Elspeth over those cocktails when they're when they have a private moment he he's sort of trying to say like you know I'm just like you I I appreciate your point of view like to get her to connect with him he finds a way in with Venetia which is you know very sexual and a little bit gross but he knows that that's the way to speak to her that her body as a bulimic her body is something she thinks about all the time and that the physical uh, you know, her need for attention is the way that he can get in with her. So he tries to do this with each person. Um, he he even tries to do it with Farley, but when he figures out he can't, he just tries to get rid of Farley. He doesn't try to kill Farley, by the way. He just tries to get rid of him. He's like, yeah, there's no need. He's not actually part of this family. He's got no, he's got no inheritance coming to him necessarily, probably. 
So there's no reason reason to go any further, but just let's get him out of the house. Let's get him on the, you know, persona non grata list. So I think that when, when, it, when Felix finds out that Oliver has been lying about his family and reacts so badly to it and basically wants to cut Oliver out, I think that's when Oliver realizes that that's not, that, that original plan is not going to work. And, and that's when I think he decides because like I said, Felix is kind of the glue of this family. He knows that if he, if he pulls that Jenga block out, things are gonna start to fall apart really quickly. So he decides that he will, because I guess he weighs like his love for Felix against his desire to be a real part of this world, to, to even own this world, to have some control over it. And he decides that the control and, and you know, the being a part of the world is more important to him. He's still very upset about what he does, obviously. He's, you know, he's bawling in the church and, and that's not, he does this in private moments where it's, it's not for anyone's attention. He's not trying to manipulate anyone. It's how he honestly feels about what has happened. <clears throat> and I don't know that he would have, uh, I, I think that even after that, he thought, well, I'll just, I'll become the son that Elspeth needs. But, Ven but then the very next person who just will not accept Oliver's presence is Venetia. So again, he doesn't exactly kill her, but he recognizes an opportunity that if she's gonna be a problem, I'll just put these razors here. She's already unstable, she'll take care of it for me. <clears throat> And then, of course, he eventually lets James, the father, I guess he just dies naturally. Uh, and then he runs into Elspeth again. And, and Elspeth is the last person standing there. And I think he maybe genuinely liked all these people in at one point. And, uh, but each one of them sort of, over the course of this summer, became ugly to him to the point where it didn't really bother him to get rid of them. Even Felix, like, you know, sometimes you can hate and love. He actually says this, like, I loved him, but I hated him mm -hmm. because, you know, he loved him and you can't really get rid of that feeling. But also Felix wasn't necessarily the best person. <laughs> he was his mother's son. And I think that that sort of soured it for him, too. So it, it wasn't difficult to get rid of him. Anyway, this is this is what I'm thinking. And that I I know I like I think this is not the first time I've I've uh, defended I've spent the whole time defending somebody that you all were like, they're horrible. They're terrible. I can't remember what other movie it was, but I'm like, no, no. Oh, I think you're right. Yeah. I, I don't know remember. what it was, but I definitely did this before, but I'm like, no, don't, don't be so mean to them. I, I think we should be more understanding. <laughs> and I kind of like, I, I wrote this in my review that you'll eventually see on Letterboxd, but I consider this sort of like a queer triumph. Like he, he comes out of nowhere. He doesn't really have as much as these people he's not exactly accepted by anybody and he gets the whole damn house in the end all to himself. So that, that dance at the end, I don't think it's a, a I don't think it's a, I think it's intentional or what is it? What I'm thinking, I don't, I don't think it's a mistake or an accident that they chose a Sophie Ellis Bexter song, especially that song, which is very campy, very gay, gay British disco to play while he dances naked through this house that these people used to live in. And then he looks at that, you know, that little diagram, which is them dancing because he played them like puppets throughout most of the film. And it wasn't perfect. He, he made mistakes and got almost called out on a few times, like getting mm -hmm. caught by Farley, having sex with Venetia, or when um, when he thinks he's gotten rid of Farley, but Farley comes back and says, you know, they, they invited me. And you can see on Oliver's face that he didn't, he thought he really had gotten rid of him forever, but he didn't realize that they would be so loyal. 
Uh, so it was going to take something much worse to get rid of Farley permanently. So, you know, he wasn't, he didn't handle it all perfectly because I think he was coming up with it on the fly. It wasn't a perfect plan to begin with. And let me look at my notes here. I liked that um, Ruth kind of touched on this. I, I forget what she said exactly, but she was talking about uh, trying to figure out during the movie, what was he? Was he sort of, you know, delusional or, I don't know, accidental or or just like the shy kid trying to be part of something? Or was he a sociopath manipulator? He was a sociopath. And they, they, I like that they actually, Venetia talks about that in the movie when during that bathtub scene, she says that her father thinks he's a Spider-Man, but she doesn't think he's a spider. She thinks he's a moth. And I was like, oh girl, he's actually a spider and you're about to get bit <laughs> because yeah, yeah. you think that he's really not, you know, understanding what's going on, that he's just a sad person trying to get close to your light. Um, so I thought I found that very interesting. That's something I didn't really notice the first time. Uh, another thing I didn't notice the first time was that uh, I don't know how I missed this. I guess it was, I, was, I guess the first time I watched it, I was mesmerized by his naked dancing, but <laughs> on top of the diagram were all their stones, their funeral stones. He yeah. had gone into the lake and found them all and taken them out of the lake. It was like the last, a last punishment he, he inflicted on them. I thought that that's really dark, and I had I had did not see that the first oh. time. Uh, another thing I noticed was well, I guess the first time I watched it, we hadn't watched. No, had we? Wait, did you, did you, when you said you didn't notice, you didn't notice that the stones were there at the top at the end. Yeah, I didn't see them the first oh, time. I that, well, and that's what Takia I think was referring to when she said about the stones and how he had gotten. Oh, okay. Oh, okay. Right, Takia. Yeah. About yeah, I, I compared to Ver to Verna and um, House of Usher, yeah, yeah. So um, another thing that I didn't notice, but maybe we hadn't watched the movie when I first saw this. Uh, but at the end of this viewing, I saw him kill Elspeth by pulling out her feeding tube, and I thought of Million Dollar Baby and how Fahad <laughs> could not believe that you could do something like that to a feeding tube and not get caught by the police as a murderer. <laughs> But apparently he doesn't get caught as a murderer either. So I don't know how he explains the fact that the two- He was so violent about it. He just kind of like grabs it and pulls it right out. Oh, it looked awful for her. It did. And, and then I wondered like- I was wondering that while I was watching that. How is he going to explain when he has to call whoever you call, hospice or whoever her was taking care of her, Yeah. why he took them out? Yeah. Maybe he, he could say, well, she was choking. So I took it out to see if I could help her. Or, I don't know. But just like Million Dollar Baby, they don't show us where they have to explain. They just let yeah. go. Yeah, <laughs> just let go. Do you think the butler stays on with him? Or do you think he fires that butler? I think he would fire the butler. Uh, He's got to have someone to help him take or, care of that. He's or in his delusion of wanting to take over the, what the family did, it could be a power move for him to keep the butler on. Like, he's my, like you know, I have taken over everything, including this butler. The butler doesn't yeah. have to keep that job. It's not slavery. He doesn't have to, but he might want to. Um, to keep it to keep an eye on the house and make sure it doesn't go to ruin. Um, something else that occurred to me on this viewing is that, that I'm wondering how you guys feel about is I, I kind of feel like Venetia might have been in love with her brother um, because I noticed the matching tattoos in their hands. And then there was, I did notice this on my first viewing, but it looked even weirder the second time this during the karaoke scene she's sitting on his lap and it looked really odd to me yeah i noticed yeah. that i noticed, I noticed the lap that yeah. and then something that she said about him 
after he died, it made me think, oh, well, she, it's, it was a very, it was more than just brother, sister. And I, and I feel I like she, that too. maybe that's the reason she really, really resented um, Oliver. And maybe the reason why she slept with the guy from last year, because she was, she hated that her brother was bringing like a buffer home between them. Yeah. yeah I feel like, so. like the way that she sat on his lap and stuff, I feel like that's, I've seen other movies or TV shows where for some reason, really rich people are portrayed that way. <laughs> it's like this almost inappropriateness, but they're not yeah. really like incestuous, but it's just this weird, like, thing. I don't know, it's weird. Especially like, dynasty families where yeah. there's like an incest vibe. <laughs> it's kind of like, Eric, how you always point out in TV shows or movies, and it annoys you, I think, that somebody calls, like, refers to their brother, like, they're talking to their brother, like, hey, brother, or a person like, hey, sister. Oh, like, nobody says that in real life, but it's to let you know. So I feel like it's just this weird thing that they just do with rich people. <laughs> weird. That is weird. <laughs> yeah. The And it was it was not, like, any one of these things, but all of them added up that made me start to think this. And the last one, right before her death, was the fact that she noticed that Oliver was wearing Felix's aftershave and then she makes out with him. And I was like, is that kind of, in her mind, her yeah. getting to make out with Felix? <laughs> oh. uh, so I don't know. Uh, but they, yeah, there seemed to be something going on there on my next viewing. Um, oh, uh, another thing was, I, it was a very small thing, and I could be wrong, but I think they may have included a couple details to show us just how rich these people are, but only if you really understand the setting and we're paying attention. Because So when he arrives at school, it's 2006, like fall. Six months later, he's invited to go to Saltburn in 2007 at the beginning of summer, you know, after the break, after school's over, I guess, to stay with the family. So while he's there, they watch Superbad on like DVD in their home on a TV. But that movie came out August of 2007. Also, when, they're, when he goes into the field and they're all hanging out naked, the Nisha is reading Harry Potter and the Deathly Hallows, which was published July 17th, 2007. I feel like the family got advanced copies of both of these things yeah. to just have at their home. And I was like, okay, that is rich. When they're just like, oh, the Harry Potter <laughs> book is not going to be out for a month, but your family may have it. Or super bad, we, we've got you a, a screener DVD. You can play this at your home before you I don't know. Andy from um, The Devil Wears Prada was able to get an advanced copy of the latest Harry Potter book for Miranda right. Priestley. Only because she used that her Miranda's name, right? It's, it's no, she didn't use Miranda's name, but she used the contact. contact. Yeah, that guy that she was kind of flirting with. Like, oh, well, okay. So it was for vagina. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you either have money or you have vagina. That's how you get things. <laughs> <laughs> um, and I think I had one last thing. Sorry, I've been talking for a while. Uh, and the <clears throat> one last thing was, I just wanted to ask Ruth if you liked that line during the cocktail scene outside with Elspeth and Oliver, where <laughs> Elspeth says, you know, I was lesbian for a minute, but it was just all too, a little too wet for me. <laughs> I thought it was funny. <laughs> that is my favorite line. It, it just was all a little too wet for me. And I was like, what is, what the hell is that? <laughs> I don't want to know. It's such a gross way to describe it. That is hilarious. Then doesn't she go on to say men are dry, men are, men are yeah. dry. Yeah, she has a great way to say something like, uh, God bless men and their dryness or something like that. Yeah. <laughs> something like that. She was great. I mean, all of the characters I thought were great. All of them. And um, I have to say, you know, like, I care a lot. That movie we did earlier for our podcast, 
uh, really ruined Rosamund Pike for me. <laughs> but yeah. this movie, this movie bought it back. Now I'm like, okay, I, I'm a fan now. She she fan, really yeah. the hell out she of was me. great. I mean, all, all of them were. Yeah. Oh yeah. I thought they all did a really fantastic job. Yeah. Okay, I'm done. All right. Well, thank you, Eric. And I don't think I have anything extra to add. I just will say that I really, really enjoyed it as well. Um, so I'm glad most everybody else, I think everybody else did too. So I did have one thing I forgot. Yes. Um, because it was mentioned earlier, uh, their costumes at Oliver's birthday party. Um, you were talking about the antlers sort of being like, oh, he's the devil. But actually... <laughs> Uh, he's dressed as a white stag, and in folklore, the white stag has like is super important. Um, so I I knew this is the funny way that I came to this understanding is that I saw him, the way he was dressed and thought I'm pretty sure there's a point to that. I know there's something about white stags, and the reason I thought that was because I the the, the liquor uh, Jägermeister has a white stag on its label mm -hmm. and so i was like i know it's an important thing in cultures but i just don't know why so i looked it up uh to understand and it makes perfect sense there's a, a lot of different things that it can signify in folklore and mythology but i'll read this one sentence to you from wikipedia which i think really applies to this movie the celts believed that the white stag would appear when one was transgressing a taboo such as when this one character trespassed on this other character's hunting grounds and I thought, oh, this makes sense. Like he is the, he is sort of trespassing in this world and uh -huh. he's also representing like something that's coming and, and he's, he's transgressing quite a bit in the movie. So, uh, and I love how they paired that with the fact that they, they dress, it's almost foreshadowing. They dress Felix as an angel and he's the one that dies first. He is literally turned into an angel by Oliver by the end of that party. <laughs> And I thought that was absolutely brilliant. I was I was blown away by that and, and all oh. the other details in the meaning. Speaking of that moment, you know, where Felix dies, everybody that next morning is in a panic looking for Felix. But why? Like what what was it that set it off like Felix is missing? He like it was a big party. He could just be sleeping somewhere, but everybody was panicking looking for him as if they knew something terrible happened. But what set it off that made him feel like something terrible happened? thought that too i wondered like yeah it, did, it seemed kind of odd that they're reacting this way especially when they were this delusional world and you know it was this huge party like he could have just been passed out but they were in the water searching they were everywhere so oh like, everywhere yeah it, it seemed like i mean they were right in the end you know he was dead but it seemed like it seemed like an overreaction to what normally would have been Missing. the situation. But again, this time they were right, you know, <laughs> but in any other situation, it was an overreaction, I felt. Well, I don't think anything that family did made sense. <laughs> True. <laughs> well, you could, we could come up with things like we have to do in movies sometimes when you suspend your disbelief and you say, well, this yeah. makes sense for things because of things we don't know about. Like the way I would say is, but I did when I was rewatching it this time think, why why are they swimming in the lake i mean it's a big place you'd have to search a lot of places before you swim in the you know start uh combing the lake not combing the lake dragging the lake um but i thought like what if it's because it's just out of character for felix like like felix no matter how big the party is felix never mix, misses breakfast or he's always the first down with a smile on his face 
And the fact that they, he wasn't down yet. He wasn't in his room. They couldn't find him in the, in the party rooms made them worried that something terrible might've happened. It seemed like they were looking for a big a long part of the morning before Oliver deigns to come down the stairs. <laughs> but anyway, that would be like what I would say to myself. I suppose. Yeah. But it may not maybe it's not enough for you. <laughs> no, it's not. It was okay. no reaction to something that they rightfully reacted to in the end. Alrighty. Are those our final thoughts? Are we ready to move on? Okay. It's that time again for we close each episode with the recast game where we each play casting director and choose a different actor from any era living or dead to portray a character in the film instead first up is eric since i made you go last i will pick you first this time you so I thought it was strange that Carrie Mulligan just played this little part in this movie. She was very good at it though, but it made me think like Pamela is a very interesting character that we don't get to see long enough. Who would I have cast if it had not been another Emerald, Emerald Fennel alumni? And so I decided I wanted to cast her with Amanda Plummer, but Amanda Plummer from the like mid nineties. I don't know if you remember her, but if you've seen So I Married an Axe Murderer, yes she's the creepy sister okay yeah yeah so she's always i've seen her in tons of stuff i just saw her most recently in because uh, i watched hannibal for the first time the series uh and she was in that in one episode and she's always really good at playing these these odd very vulnerable very unstable characters uh she was in ryan murphy's ratchet too oh, oh that was yes yeah, she was in the hunger games catching fire really yeah, she played Wyrus. I don't remember. With, uh, shoot, what's the actor who played um, The Watcher in What If? Uh, Jeffrey Wright. Jeffrey Wright. Yeah, the two of them were, like, buddies in The Hunger Games. Like, they were the smart ones. And then she shocks herself and, yeah. I always love her. Every time she pops up in something, I'm like, oh, this is going to be fun. This is going to be very interesting. So I think it would have really it made that role even more, made Pamela an even more... Uh, unstable vulnerable character um yeah she would have killed it perfect all righty how about ruth so um i was thinking for someone else that would be good would be um to play the father um anthony um heed i liked him and i've seen him and um it was like another movie i saw that was british anthony stewart head yeah i think so is that what mean, is that how you pronounce it? You mean Giles from Buffy? Yes. Oh, maybe it is. <laughs> so he's um, a Buffy. <laughs> I thought he would be like a good, a play a good father, and he seems like he can definitely be very um, versatile too. So I'd like to see. I think he can. All right. Yeah. Sounds good to me. Now I'm wondering, is it Keed? I've always said head, but I always thought it was Anthony Stewart head. Maybe we were I, hope just wrong. <laughs> I hope it's not, but you know, it could be. I mean, I like it would be better. Do you think I the British it. pronunciation would be head or heat? Yeah, heat does sound very British. It does. Gosh, I'll be. American. I don't know. I'm terrible at saying names, so yeah. Don't ask me. 
Alrighty, well, thank you, Ruth. And now I'm going to call on Fahad. Thank you. Uh, so what's funny is, um, Eric, at one point I was toying with recasting Pamela as well. It's funny because in IMDb, the character is named as Poor Dear Pamela. <laughs> That's <laughs> what the character's Pamela. name is. Poor Dear Pamela. <laughs> um, and I was actually toying because I was like, she is kind of eccentric. So for me, it was giving off very like Helena Bonham Carter vibes. <gasps> like, Don't oh, that say that. That was mine. And that oh, is no. exactly what I was going to say. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> oh, I'm so sorry because it's not my recast. Oh no, oh, no you did it. That's not the first time you've done that to Shelly, is it? What? No, it's not. <laughs> it's not the first time you've done that to Shelly. I'm so sorry. <laughs> <laughs> she would be perfect. You have she to. She would admit. be. That's she who I was be. thinking, but I was like, I'm not going to do that. Um, and it's not because I'm trying to find somebody from Superstore to cast in this because <laughs> that game oh, no, is already. Gonna, uh, that's over now. That you game is over because you all what? You have to complete it five out of five. No, no, but I only wanted to do it until you all figured it out. Oh, and that's what you did. You figured it out. So my recast was Ashley for Farley, and I was gonna recast um, him with uh, an actor named Chance Perdomo. He played Ambrose in the Chilling Adventures of Sabrina, but um, Eric, you would know him from Gen V. He um. Uh, he played um, Andre, like uh, Golden Boy's best friend. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. I'm looking yeah. at it now. Um, so f his character in Sabrina reminded me a lot of Farley's character. And I felt like he could do a good job as that. So sorry, Shelly. <laughs> That's okay. <laughs> so now that everyone knows what mine was, <laughs> we are, I'm going to call on last but not least, Takia. That's a true recast, two people. So we cast Felix Bateran Egerton. Uh, I think he is in the, uh, what's that circle movie? Kingsman. Kingsman, thank you. Wasn't this one with a gold circle? Gold circle, that's it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was like, what's a circle movie? Isn't he also <laughs> Elton John? Oh, he is? Yeah, he hey. was Rocket Man. Oh, wow. <laughs> yeah, he, he is... Uh, Yes, uh, here we go again. Too short. <laughs> yeah. Short, but I don't know. I imagine him like the cameras put him, make him, made him really tall for people. <laughs> so there you go. It was, everybody, everybody looks six feet tall in, in movies anyway, even though they're like four foot something. But yeah. <laughs> so that's Isn't my, Jacob Elordi like six six or something in real life? I'm wondering that too. He looks pretty tall though. He actually does look tall, tall. So mm. I'm kind of wondering that too. Yeah. I uh okay so yeah and then I had for Oliver decided to cast Ezra Miller uh when he in his uh Kevin type looking movie where he looked really dark and psychotic I was like that's a good that's who I would cast for um Oliver the darker parts so, so yeah. Jacob Elordi is six five in real life oh my gosh what I can see that he looked tall he actually looked looked tall and yeah. And Takia, the funny thing with you casting Oliver with um, um, Ezra Miller is back when I first saw the original trailer for the Marvel movie that Barry yeah. has called Eternals, um, I thought it was Ezra Miller at first. I was like, wait, oh. he's the Flash for DC and in the Eternals? That's really weird. <laughs> but it wasn't. And oddly enough, he plays the Flash, whose name is Barry Allen. Uh, <laughs> so anyways. I was actually going to... Use uh, the guy from last week, Sam Clafton, for B 
Felix. He looked just like he looked just like a, a good, uh, like rich, pompous boy. Like, <laughs> but I just I used him last week, so I, I had to think of somebody else. So that was a little back backwards back trivia. Yeah. So anyway, yeah, that was my recast. Alrighty. Well, thank you, Takia. Um, it's time to rate. Mm -hmm. So open up your chat, enter your number, uh, and then put your thumb up when you're ready. And Fahad will count us down. So once I see everybody's thumbs up, what I will do is count backwards from three to zero, and on the row of zero, hit enter. Let's see, Shelly, is your thumb up? Like, yeah, my thumb is up. Sorry. Everybody's thumbs are up. So three, two, one, zero. All right. Okay, so what do we have, Shelly? All righty. Fahad, four. Ruth, three. Takia, 4.5. Me, 4.25. And Eric, 4.5. So we had four, three, four, four, five, and four, two, five. Wow. That's um, pretty darn good. That is. So this has an average of a 3.95. That is great. I keep thinking it's, it's my movie, and I'm like, oh, I did so well. <laughs> <laughs> oh no, this is not my rating. <laughs> Damn. <laughs> so Eric, you said you were gonna explain to us your rating yeah. decrease decrease. Well, I, I said you would understand when you see why I didn't raise it because it, the only thing I could raise it to would be like five. <laughs> I could go four point seven five, sure. Right. But but I decided after second viewing, I was like, no, I, I think I still reserve five for other things, but I loved watching this again and four point five is very high, so <laughs> Have you given a five? I'm trying to recall. Oh, wait, yeah. oh, Eric, you gave it a 4.5. Yeah. Oh, hold on, hold on, hold on. Oh, that's not our... I, no, no, I typed in the wrong thing. I just typed in a four for you. I'm so sorry. Oh. I'm glad I asked that because I was like, when you said you can't go higher, I was like, what, you were a four. You could go 4.25. <laughs> so hold on. This movie is a 4.05 average. All right. Woo! Awesome. Got into the fours. It's been a while since I think we've had one like that. Yeah, but um, I have given fives to Spice World. Okay, yeah. <laughs> um, I don't know if I've given any to any other movie because I reserve I reserve five for that kind of like nostalgia movie that I can rewatch a million times. Yeah. Um. So I don't use it. <laughs> yeah, I think I've given maybe two would be my guess. I think I think what we're doing is revisiting. So let's give me one second. I'm going to my tableau dashboard we have average ratings per foggy note but let's click on eric eric you're you've given two fives given two fives what are and what are they spice world and rope oh yeah okay. yeah it's a classic mm -hmm. it's perfect um shelly you have given out two fives that's mm -hmm. what i thought and it mr. was oh. oh oh mr smith goes to washington yep and Goodfellas. And Goodfellas, exactly. Okay. Ruth, you have given out no fives. <laughs> <laughs> uh -oh. Although, thankfully, your highest was a 4.5, and that was Mrs. Harris Goes to Paris. Yeah. <laughs> and what your did second, I give Spice World? 4.25. Okay. Tiki, I'll get to you in a moment, because you, you're, you're <laughs> more generous. With what about you, Fahad? What um, have you? I've given two fives. Um, okay, what were they? Spice, Spice World, World and, 
And Mrs. Harris goes to Paris. Okay. Which I, I like that, like to Eric, to your thing, like I could rewatch that over and over and over again. So that's why it gets a five for me. Takia, you've given, oh my God. <laughs> I, hold on. You've given one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, 10, 11, what? 12, 12 fives. 12 fives. <laughs> I love it, Takia. That's like, that's um, great. Well, that's, I, I, I enjoy movies. <laughs> now, Takia, Takia, I'm going to name the five, the 12 movies you gave fives to. Okay. And, and ask yourself as I'm naming all of them, are they all fives and all comparable to each other? <laughs> okay. Taxi Driver. Yes. I Care A Lot. Yes. Rear Window. Yes. Worm. Yes. A Man Called Otto. Yes. Million Dollar Baby. Yes, all boy soldiers. Yes, yes. good fellas. Yes, tell it to the bees. <laughs> yes, I like the storyline. It was good. Pinocchio. Yes, a Clockwork Orange. Yes, um, and then um, Tromeo and Juliet. I'm just kidding. Um, <laughs> I was like, what? I was like, what? <laughs> no. Fuck you. And Bye. then I... our, our very first movie, Ingrid Goes West. Of course, ten, ten, ten vibes. Yeah, fifteen. Yeah, you're. Uh, Everything need... is is on point. Yeah, yes. we need to talk about Kevin was a four point five, as was me before you. Swan Song, Rain Man, The Shining, and Cuties. Uh, I would like to go back and get Rain Man a five. I know we can't. Um, <laughs> so we're adding more fives now. <laughs> I'm I'm also a little surprised that you gave Die Hard just a four and Teacher just a four. Teacher and Die Hard are fives. I don't know. We watched a movie called Teacher. Everything can't be a five. That's a perfect movie. And and the well, kindergarten. I I, to me, everything's everything's relative. Yeah, I'm also surprised the inter, the kindergarten teacher only got a four. Also, that's a four. Yeah. Oh, okay. okay. <laughs> the the other, the other three I named are all fives. Also, yeah. <laughs> Rain Man is amazing. I, I don't know. I was thinking sometimes you you know you don't. You wow, know, I'm surprised. You, okay, you're willing to bump more up to five. I would. Yeah. My goodness. I like wow. everything's relative you're... in life. You know, I like those. I like those. Movies. Those are five. So on the flip this side, like you guys all gave Spice World five, and I yeah yeah. Know, I know you're. Do you guys Spice World was your second lowest rated at a two. I didn't give it a five. Uh, oh, you, oh okay. Oh. Romeo and Juliet was your lowest at a one. Eric, your lowest was Midnight Run. Wait, and I wait, Eric. Wait, wait, I had another one. Did you write it down? What? I had two ones. Oh, well, that hasn't um, been incorporated into the dashboard yet. Oh, okay. I was going to say, you should mention that one in my lowest, too. <laughs> oh, was it also your lowest? Let me see. Because um, it's got to be my lowest. Because what did I give at Carolot and um... <coughs> Alto? Alto, you gave a two. Whereas I care a lot, and so you had a tie for the lowest. Oh, 2.75s for I care a lot midnight run. So yes, Alto's your lowest. Um, Takia, Alto's your lowest. What was my lowest? <laughs> my lowest is, oh, Ruth, I'm so sorry. It's Alto at a low point. <laughs> I wish y'all liked it better. I that know. All right. I, I love that. <laughs> um, my lowest? Shelly, your lowest was... Tromeo and Juliet. What did I give it? A two. Oh, okay. And then the next is a whole group at a two point five. Five with um, and that was a big tie with Truth About Jane, Midnight Run, Cuties, Jennifer's Body, and Alto. Okay. 
And then Ruth, your lowest was Tromeo and Juliet at a 1.5. <laughs> Boo, it's so good. <laughs> so it's always fun to kind of re revisit. Yeah, right yes, it is. I yeah. like it. Yeah. Uh so I, I did have one last thing. I always have one last thing, right? Uh, I don't know if you guys follow my social, but I just wanted to share this with you. The first time I watched this movie six weeks ago, there was a lot of hype about the movie. Like everyone was talking about it. So mm -hmm. I kind of thought I'll probably hate it. I, I also thought to myself, I've seen a lot of crazy movies like Tromeo and Juliet. So I don't think the scandalous stuff people are talking about is really going to shock me. But I think the way they do it in the film, like the way they direct through those scenes did give me that sort of shock factor. Not exactly the things that were happening, but this the context in which they were happening. But anyway, mm -hmm. so since I was excited, I was like, I'm going to finally sit down and watch this because everyone's been talking about it. I wanted to make it sort of an event for myself. So I said, I'm going to, I'm going to make myself, I'm going to make up a cocktail to go with this. So I made up a cocktail called Elordi's Bathwater. I'm sending you <laughs> in the chat the Instagram video I took <laughs> that I posted. Okay. So <laughs> it's meant to look like bathwater, but with a oh little... My Extra oh, that's good. oh wow. <laughs> wow! Oh, there you went. You pulled the stops out. Woo! <laughs> and it was actually not. It was pretty tasty. I had like three or four of them while I was watching the movie, uh, because I made a bunch of them so I could do the video. <laughs> so the most oh was blood, like cherry cherry flavoring. <laughs> was the what? Oh, I didn't put blood in it. Watch the video. I put, uh, you know, it's the bath water, not the uh, the other scene. Oh, okay. Yeah. So was it like? <laughs> I used coconut cream for that. Okay. okay. But yeah, I, I was very excited to watch this and fully enjoyed it and fully, fully enjoyed it the second time. Oh wait, so what was the? What did I say? The average score was a four point oh five. Wow. So this is now in the top one, two, three, four. It's a, It's tied in the for number five. This is tied with Spice World at a 4.05. No. Hey, <laughs> both of the Richard E. Grant movies we watched are tied at 4.05. Oh, wow. That's fun. Um, our top one is, is Goodfellas, then oh. The Shining, mm -hmm. then Rear Window, then Rope. Mm -hmm. So, Shelly, the top four are all yours. Whoa. Plus, plus Saltburn, which is in the five. So the top five are all yours. And then oh, Ruth is tied with you yes. with Spice World. Yay. I, I, I want to point yeah. out, though, that Shelly does have a, a, she has a pattern of choosing classics that are already well known to be like critically acclaimed. <laughs> I mean, that that's what that was the impression you. I got. I don't How know what those four you? are, but I imagine they're, they're you know, really well uh received movies right um the next five after that one two three four five are all my movies Woo! yes high five <laughs> it's ingrid goes west citizen kane and pinocchio are tied so eric you have that up there i put okay then mrs harris goes to paris and then mr smith goes to washington yeah and then florence foster jenkins goes to the opera <laughs> oh my gosh that's awesome <laughs> Yeah. Huh. I think with mine, I just have to choose movies with people's names in it. Ingrid Goes West, Citizen Kane, Mrs. Harris, Mr. Smith, Florence Foster Jenkins. <laughs> yeah. Ah, that's your pattern. <laughs> yeah. Well, thank you all so much. And now I'm going to call on Fakia, I believe. Yes. yes. To mm -hmm. announce our next film. Sure. 
Okay, this one, the next one's going to be called Influencer. I don't want to, I'm going to pop both of you with a oh. noodle if you guys have seen that one. Oh, what? <laughs> Eric and Fox. Influencer, is that what you said? Influencer. I think I shot original Shutter, but um, yeah, oh. Influencer. Um, I have not seen it. Yay. I'm glad we're getting back <laughs> I, to I was so random that you saw Emily. I was like, what the hell? How do you see that one? Oh, uh, what? No, uh, Emily the criminal. I just I just thought it was so random. <laughs> I had to pick that out of nowhere one night. Oh, I've seen it. Oh, I've seen it. What? I forgot I saw it until I started <laughs> reading about it. I was like, oh, it's funny. funny. <laughs> it's a, no, no big deal. Yeah. All righty. Well, All thank right. you, everyone. Cool. I declare this episode of Old Fogies and Films concluded. Thank you for joining us. You can find us on Facebook and find our lists on Letterboxd. Don't forget to leave a comment or a review. Everybody say, nice jacket. Nice jacket. Nice jacket. jacket. <laughs>